0: phone notebook Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Thursday, September 30th. Today on the program, we devoted a large amount of our time to reflect on this, our nation's first National Day of Truth and Reconciliation.
1: We speak with Paul Custer, former TV journalist, writer, and indigenous advocate. We ask Paul to tell us what non indigenous people can do to observe this day and be better allies to our First Nations neighbors.
0: Then we hear the gripping story of Jerry Shingoose. Jerry is a residential school survivor, and she shares with us details of her childhood and her recollection of being taken from her family and sent to a residential school in Manitoba.
1: Next, it's another way to learn about our First Nations culture, tourism. We speak with Keith Henry, president and CEO of the Indigenous Tourism Association of Canada, on the options available and the importance of supporting Indigenous-run businesses in our country.
0: And finally, we meet Keevan Ryder, an Indigenous artist whose work is being featured at a special art exhibit at South Centre Mall. We hear Keevan's story and his inspiration behind his artwork.
1: 6.41 mornings with Sudiel and Andrew Schultz on this Truth and Reconciliation Day. We're joined by a friend of the program, Paul Custer, Calgary writer, comedian, former broadcaster and indigenous advocate to help us figure out what we as individuals can do better to recognize it and, and expand it beyond one day. Good morning to you, Paul. Hey, how are you? Good. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. You've spent time with us a handful of times over the past, uh, you know, several months, and now here we are, yeah, on, on September thirtieth. So the question, and this is kind of a theme that's come up this morning, uh, what can we do if we want to better support our indigenous friends? And I guess uh, personally, what what is your definition, Paul, of an ally?
2: Well, you guys are okay um, be, because. Uh, you're talking about these issues, and uh you guys always get a hold of me uh to chat about it so that that uh, first and foremost that's the biggest thing is just to to chat just to talk uh find out where uh I'm coming from where my indigenous brothers and sisters are coming from and uh, as you know we're we're uh living uh on Treaty Seven territory, which is Blackfoot. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if if you want to become a true ally, then all you need to do is uh, is reach out to the communities around here. Uh, we've got five First Nations around the city of Calgary. The closest one is obviously uh, Sutena, mm-hmm. and and hopefully it's it it's more than just uh you know your kids playing hockey out at satana because i know tons of families that go out there and play hockey all the time well then probably the best thing to do is engage with them so when they have community events go to them um and i'm talking about powwows i'm talking about feasts Um, and that's probably the best, that's probably the best thing to do. And, and so for example, for something like, something like today, um, September 30th, um, even if you can't make it out to a reserve, right? Because, uh, if you go to the front gates of any reserve, uh, it says, uh, no trespassers. That's not from the nation. That's from the federal government. That's part of the Indian act. Mm. Yeah. So I didn't know that. You, no idea. Yeah. So yeah. So if you just show up randomly, um, you might get escorted <laughs> off <laughs> off that reserve, and that's no fault of your own. That's just um, uh, that's part of Canadian history, uh, the Indian Act. And so, it, so I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that you know there are other things that you can do. You know, so. Um, if you can't make it out to a powwow, what I'm encouraging people to do today, uh, go for a walk. And that might sound like super, super simple, but you are on Treaty 7 Blackfoot territory. And, and I'm Cree, and traditionally uh, Blackfoot and the Cree were enemies, and we used to battle all the time. But in the end, um, we're First Nations, so uh, to us, uh, Mother Earth is everything uh, to us. So if you were to go uh, for a nice little stroll along the bike path or the um, uh, the bike path uh, downtown uh, along the Bow River,
3: mm-hmm.
2: that means a lot because the Bow River... Uh, is uh is a huge landmark for the blackfoot people go to nose hill um that uh that's another sacred spot so even going for a bike ride uh get together with a friend go for a coffee go for a stroll along the along the bow river on the pathway that says something because hopefully you're respecting what mother earth means to us mm-hmm. And that's a great way Paul, to, yes,
0: go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, yesterday we we got a statement from Chief Roy Whitney um, about today and, and what it means. And, and part of his statement, so I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Part of his statement is that my people could be forgiven, I believe, for dwelling on the past. Um, you know, in regards to the mm-hmm. the, uh, the residential schools in particular, is what he's referring to. It, but he says, but dwelling does not bring healing, nor does it provide a path forward. So he's proposing that Canadians, Indigenous and non-Indigenous, mark today as a day of coming together. And do you, do you kind of agree with that, that? This is a day for us. Like it's 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 really on us to start asking some questions and to to talk to Indigenous people and to to research and and find out more of our history, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Absolutely, and uh, yes, I did hear that yesterday, and I applaud him for saying that. I'll, I'll give you a, a really good example. Um, a few months ago, before the Kamloops uh, discovery, um, I was approached by uh, a group of friends, and I was at a local pub uh, watching uh, a Blue Jays game. And they they asked me, and they were all non-induced, Indigenous, and they said, "You know Paul, when can we move past all this stuff? When can we just like let it go?" And I gave my perspective on that, and but just about every response I gave, um, they interrupted me, they ridiculed or tried to put my responses down. And I found that so typical and then the Kamloops thing happened and um and i still see those same people uh today and um one person did come up and you know try to apologize to me and i was like you know th- this is the indigenous experience in canada so i'm just trying to share with you what what we've been through and and um I agree with you. We can't dwell on the past because it solves nothing. Mm-hmm. Now, can it open your eyes? Yeah. If you, if you're ignorant and, and when I say ignorant, I'm not trying to be negative. I, ignorance just means you just simply do not know. And there's so many people who simply do not know. There's still people who don't know about residential schools. There's still people who do not know anything about the scoop of which I'm a part. And, and we've discussed this many yeah, times. Yep. Um, So but there is this 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 dark cloud if you just dwell in the past. And yes, we do have to move forward together. So um, just and again, uh, it, it starts by just a chat. And that's what we're doing here, guys.
1: 651 more with Paul Custer, a friend of the program. You know, Paul, a former broadcaster. A, a Calgary writer, a comedian, and an, an indigenous advocate who's uh, spent some time with us many times on the program. Thanks again for uh, some more time uh, with us this morning, Paul.
2: Oh, thanks for having me man that, that that means a lot.
1: Well, you know what's interesting is you mentioned the discussion and you know what you what you've laid out, is very these are things that anybody can achieve to observe to learn, and to reflect, but one something I want to underscore that you brought to our attention months ago about the just listening to the stories in that you know one of the number one ways to offend somebody is when they 've been through something traumatic when they 've been through something life changing you say "I know how you feel um, and I think that it, you know depending on where you are like maybe you 're dealing with talking to somebody who had had cancer, for example unless you 've had cancer you can 't say "I know how you feel and I, I think maybe we can apply that to to this situation just to listen and not try to, you know, connect in that. I know how you feel type way.
2: It's about listening. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I've had, uh, a lot of people, you know, uh, ask me about, um, my personal experience and it's, it's awesome when you're able to share something and, They just, yeah, simply listen. And uh, for a good example, uh, this morning from 11 a.m. till 2 p.m., you can have a chance to listen because the uh, Urban Society for Aboriginal Youth, it's called USAID, they're having an event at Princess Island uh, for Truth and Reconciliation. So there's a perfect opportunity to listen to young uh, Indigenous people uh, talk about their experiences and um so that that's what I'm gonna do uh, this morning at eleven o'clock and yeah, it's hey, th- there there's a slogan that says if if it it's not reconciliation if it feels good mm, and, uh, yeah you know we're
0: we're it's it's a painful past, isn't it Paul? So it's it's not going to be, you know, easy to get through this, but it's something that we all need to work together to try and do, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You
2: know, and as I've shared with you, right mm. uh with my experience being part of the scoop, um yeah, that's a that's a tough conversation because I'll never forget uh one of my f- uh, friends sent me a uh it's it's an old memo from Saskatchewan social services uh because if you know about the scoop they 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 just took kids away uh many times right from the birthing table and put them into uh um foster care or up for adoption and as i told you before i was the flavor of the month as i like to say in the Regina Leader Post cuz they used to advertise us wow. for kids you know for uh for adoption and um the uh Saskatchewan Social Services there was actually an internal memo where they were uh applauding uh uh coworker and they uh jokingly said, Hey, this person it should be the salesperson of the month mm. because of the number of uh indigenous kids they they put into care.
0: Paul, it's, it's awful. It's, it's a story we need to keep telling. And, and you know, we, you mentioned it earlier. We do have a, a, a survive, residential school survivor on just after 7. So yeah, I think that's yeah, going to be...
2: looking forward to hear, yeah, hearing that. It's yeah. all
0: about learning today. And we thank you always so much for your time. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it.
2: Oh, man, thank you so much. Because, uh, again, you guys are huge advocates. And you are spreading the message and educating people. And I, I love that. Thanks, Paul. Thank you.
0: Paul Custer, Calgary writer, comedian, former broadcaster, and indigenous advocate. For the past 6 years, Jerry Shingu has been sharing her truth as a residential school survivor. Jerry is an educator and warrior, helping to educate people about the realities of the residential school system, and she joins us now. Good morning to you, Jerry. Thanks so much for joining us this morning.
3: Oh, good morning. Thank you for having me this morning. Well, appreciate On your the-
0: time. We're grateful that you are willing and open about talking about your experience. And, you know, I think especially today, we need to get pretty real and honest. And with your permission, could you tell us mm-hmm. your story? How were you taken away from your family?
3: Well, we um, me and my siblings, Darlene and George, were taken to Miskugan um, Residential School. And it was... Um, my parents were given no choice. They, if, if they um, didn't allow us to go, then they would be jailed. So rather than being jailed, they agreed to let us go. But it was a very difficult decision for them. So, And we went to Muskogen for nine years, ten months out of the year.
1: What uh,
3: Jerry? What was
1: it presented as? Because I, you know, I, you know, as, as a, a parent, I can't imagine somebody saying, "We're going to take your uh, g- kids and we're going to take them to this special school system." Was it? Was it kind of uh, from your, uh, you know, memory, uh, shrouded as it's a great opportunity to learn, or how how was it sold, if you will?
3: Okay, my well, my parents didn't know what was happening, like when I went to residential school until um, uh, later. Like, you know, when I turned older, but, you know, my story is um, when I share with the students in the universities is, uh, you know, we, we, they had no choice. Like, you know, it was um, like my parents' home was quiet. The community was quiet. There's no sounds of children. Like, you know, it was... um, a quiet time for them. And um, for as far as education, when I went in there, I all I spoke was my language, Soto, and I had to learn English. I had to learn Latin because it was a Catholic run school. And uh, if I spoke my language, I was punished.
0: Jerry, can you talk a bit about that? You survived nine years in that school system. So many did not. What was your experience like? How were you treated?
3: Okay, overall, like I always talk about um like you know the emotional mental abuse, like you know the message I received while I was in there as a child you know when you're when you're with your parents, you're loved, but when we went in there, like you know we thought would be love, but we weren't and we receive messages as um that so, you know you're a sinner, you're gonna go to hell, you're a dirty Indian, and so, you know just as like a savage like a yeah. squad or they just call me names, and if you hear those names for nine years as a child, of course it's gonna you're gonna internalize it and and feel that shame. Like, you know, when I came out of residential school, I carried that shame. I was ashamed for being brown. I wanted to be white. Like, you know, it was, because uh, that that was the whole purpose of uh, residential school, was to kill the Indian in a child. So, you know, to make us like the rest of society. And not understanding and taking our gifts. Like, you know, as Indigenous people, because we carry beautiful gifts.
1: Jerry, uh, you know, I I can't even imagine, like, this has been a real year of reckoning and eye-opening in our nation, whereas the elders and survivors like yourself have been telling these stories for years, and it seems like, to a large extent, on deaf ears until this year. And uh, so I'm wondering, how did that feel? You know, trying to share a message that, you know, people weren't really hearing or maybe even believing.
3: Oh, it was like, yeah, it's so true what you're saying. Because last year around this time, it was really quiet and nobody was reaching out to us. Uh, People were sitting individually with their stories. And 2021, uh, like, you know, with the 215 plus children, it amplified our stories and it brought out uh, our, like, you know, we didn't have, right now, like, people are just reaching out to us. Like every day this week, uh, people want to know my story, and it's never been like that. And and, and I think we're finally being heard, like now in twenty twenty one.
0: Jerry, what is the importance of the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation for you? How important is this day?
3: Well, this day is really important because it honors us as survivors. You know it. Uh, It's a very uh, special moment and I'm going to be with other survivors today and I'm going to be walking with them and I'm going to be attending a powwow where they're going to be honoring us survivors and um, I'm I'm just looking forward to this day like you know it just makes me so proud even before today like you know there's acts of uh, of caring like people were lowering their flags like the cities and the towns and there's orange shirts on the windows like you know just that uh, that one act is uh, it brings the residential school survivors comfort, it brings me comfort.
1: You you say bringing you comfort and I'm wondering Jerry something that has kind of been a thread this morning is the fact that the non-indigenous population wanting to help out, wanting to be allies how do you define an ally to uh, Canada's indigenous people What, what does that take and what does that look like for you?
3: Well, an ally would be somebody that's um, wanting to learn, wanting to learn that uh, true history of uh, residential schools and what happened because it wasn't taught in in the school system. And now it is because of the TRC calls to action. So, I'm an ally is somebody who stands with me and walks with me. An ally is somebody who who. Um, does research and on resources about residential school and you know an ally somebody that um that, you know I get lots of messages uh like inboxes I get a lot of emails like in Vancouver today they're gonna have a moment of silence at two fifteen for the two fifteen plus children that and and that just brings me uh, I think that's an ally, they're making an action, eh? And mm-hmm. it's, it's very, um, it helps me as a survivor knowing that people are more aware. People are more aware, people are waking up and they're more awoke this, this year more than ever in 2021.
0: We're so grateful for you spending some time with us and, and sharing your story and, and helping us understand a little bit better, particularly on this day. Thank you, Jerry. appreciate your time. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Geraldine Shingoose, her spirit names are Sky Woman and Northern Lights Woman. She comes from the Bear Clan uh, on the First Nation in Manitoba and is a, a wonderful speaker who, boy, taking the time to share... Uh, such a painful, horrific story so that people understand what happened in the past, I think is so key and important, particularly on this day. Spent nine years in a residential school and uh, is telling the story about it. So we're grateful for her sharing her time. And
1: Jerry, an open book for us this morning. Mm-hmm. Our coverage will continue uh, throughout the morning. Here on Mornings with Sudiel and Andrew Schultz. And uh, the Indian Residential Schools Crisis Line is one 866 925 available 24 hours a day for anyone experiencing pain or distress as a result of their residential school experience.
0: Well, tourism could be a positive gateway for people looking to learn more about Indigenous communities, their culture, and their history. Could it also be helpful in making strides towards reconciliation? Joining us now is Keith Henry, President and CEO of the Indigenous Tourism Association of Canada. Good morning to you, Keith. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Good morning. Appreciate your time. So, how can people work towards reconciliation beyond just one day a year? Can we do that through visiting sites and monuments, for example?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's something we've been saying as we've been building Indigenous tourism in Canada for a very long time, and it just—I think today's extremely important to hopefully continue to encourage people that you know take notice of Indigenous culture, our stories, our people, whether they're First Nation. Métis or Inuit, and there's many Indigenous tourism businesses that have been established or being established over the last number of years for you to come in and learn, learn together, and it all starts with that education and, and those experiences.
1: Keith, it's interesting because I'd, I'd never heard of Indigenous tourism and an association of like you, you represent, so can you give us an idea of some of your partners and what Indigenous tourism and the opportunities look like?
4: Yeah, there's like, well, I mean, first I would really encourage people if they want to get a, a sense of this go to destinationindigenous.ca and what you'll see is you know hundreds of indigenous businesses across the country some of them are hotels some of them are cultural centers a lot of outdoor adventure there's indigenous culinary opportunities there's all there's a such a wide variety and i think a lot of people think indigenous tourism is you know you get into a forum and you have an elder and you have someone say you know a, call welcome and those are all important pieces but their indigenous tourism is much deeper it's a it gives a lot more time to in many of our businesses and experiences so for example here in Calgary you know Satina Nation's been building a lot of businesses there they've got you know their their hotel there they've got a beautiful hotel in the, in the community on the reserve there they've got a, um, an amazing indigenous restaurant that's that's that shares a lot of indigenous dishes those are just two of many examples that exist uh, and there's many more uh, located all through Alberta
0: bigger and far more important. How important is it to buy authentic orange shirts if we're going to wear that to try and show our allyship? Do we buy from an Indigenous indigenous maker or company, or can we buy that shirt anywhere? Your thoughts on that one.
4: Well, I really think you need to look to try and find an Indigenous maker, an Indigenous supplier. You know, we've been struggling as an industry of, uh, you know, Indigenous art uh, has been, you know, expropriated for a very long time. Uh, there's many non-Indigenous suppliers that take designs and they sell it. and they, They've done very well. It's worth billions of dollars to the Canadian economy in, in those sort of gift shop ideas. And and we've tried as an industry to, to address that for many years. So we hope at least on days like today where people, this actually gives us an opportunity to raise this issue. We can't stop certain consumerism, it seems like, with the laws we've got in Canada consumer law. But the fact is we want people to dig deeper. We want people to know that, the merchandise and the Indigenous products they're buying are hopefully designed and, prop- and has fair trade with Indigenous artists and that there's actually Indigenous people benefiting from those, those designs. And I think, um, you know, today's another opportunity for us to help raise this very, very important issue. It goes far beyond just these on shirts. It's to every single aspect of what we see out there in, in the gift shop market in this country.
1: Well and besides purchasing an orange shirt, for example, I think sometimes and this is a word we've been using a lot over the past year or so of uh, ally. how do you define exactly an ally? What what does this mean to you and, and how can somebody be an ally effectively? Yeah, you know, we just we
4: want Canadians and everyone locally to realize that, you know, we live in this country together. I define an ally as people that just want to support one another. We're part of this more broad community. And we're owning our own history and stories. And I think that's all we've ever wanted. Uh, I'm an Indigenous person. Our, our staff are Indigenous. Our board is Indigenous. Our businesses are Indigenous-owned and operated. We're here to provide people that platform in a safe and really friendly, and there's lots of fun things to do. And and, and together, the more we learn about each other, we become allies. We become true friends, not just for political or other reasons. We're, we realize we're, we all belong in this community together. Mm-hmm.
0: Keith got a text from somebody that said Haida Gwaii has a fantastic museum full of Indigenous history and and no doubt an absolutely beautiful destination. And I'm sure there are so many right across the country. But we've got lots, I think you touched on it earlier, but lots right here locally that, you know, even just today, if you want to take the family and and go and and learn a little bit and and start the discussion, we've got lots right here in our own Calgary area, don't we?
4: You do. You have lots of local businesses that people may or may not realize you know, you can look, there's, there's two key platforms for people in Calgary if they want to look. There's Indigenous Tourism Alberta has an amazing website with local, they, they're our provincial partner there. They also, uh, you know, there's about roughly a hundred or so businesses listed on there that they go, in, many of which are in the Calgary area. There's far beyond just the business that I mentioned at Satina. Uh, you know, you've got, you know, many, uh, amazing sites actually in Alberta. And I think people, you know, they just don't realize you can go you can go do outdoor adventure uh, out you know, right in Banff. you can Jasper has some great guided tour walks, highway adventure in northern Alberta, you've got you know, the the list is quite uh quite surprising and people often find themselves going I didn't realize these are these are great right here in our backyard.
1: All right. So today is the day, uh many more on the way, and it's interesting because you know this is something that has impacted the nation, you know, coast to coast. And it's unfortunate that this is something that we all share as Canadians. And the history behind it, I think, is is so deep that it's, again, beyond one day. This is something that, you know, I think we should continue not only the conversation with the recognizing it, but the the young kids, the importance, if you could talk about that, the young kids uh, to take part in events today.
4: Uh, absolutely. I mean, we, we've been we've set ourselves up like you. Our many of our businesses are open. Obviously, 365 days a year are for the most part just about mm-hmm. all of those 365 days. You know, we've all been hit hard with the pandemic, and uh, the interesting thing for us is most of our business pre-COVID was a lot of it was international. A lot of it was people other than Albertans, and I think. What I would continue to reinforce to your listeners is now is your time. You know, you you know, travel is not, you know, many people are going far from home. We know that. We know there's limitations because of concerns about whatever that the pandemic is bringing on. But you can go to our locations. You can be safe. You can learn. You can have fun. You can have, these are businesses that have packages. They can, you can have one day, three day, five day sort of things. And I think that's what people You know, may or may not fully appreciate about what's what's right there. And and I think hopefully people will go explore on either DestinationIndigenous.ca or Indigenous Tourism Alberta, both of which are great resources for you to start exploring.
0: They really are, Keith. I'm just on IndigenousTourismAlberta.ca It is a great website. So much information. There's even, you know, some information there about today, Truth and Reconciliation Day. So there's no excuse for people not to take a little bit of time and if nothing else, just do a little learning today, a little listening, and And then, of course, all the wonderful destinations that are pointed out online at that website. Thank you so much for your time this morning.
4: Absolutely. And we welcome everyone. You know, now's the time. You know, today to us in the Indigenous world marks a, a real potential change that we can really bring Canadians and all of us a little closer together. And we hope it's the start of new relationships, many new relationships in Alberta. Thank you, Keith. Keith, okay,
3: thank you very much.
0: Thanks. Keith Henry, President and CEO of the Indigenous Tourism Association of Canada. And again, he, he mentioned a, a few websites. One of them is destinationindigenous.ca. And then here for us locally, indigenoustourismalberta.ca
1: 841 Mornings with Sudiel and Andrew Schultz. Coloring It Forward, Reconciliation Society has teamed up with South Centre Mall on an Indigenous art exhibit that's been showcased at the mall. This morning, we're joined by one of the artists featured in the exhibit, Kevin Ryder, an Alberta-based artist from Sutina First Nation. Good morning to you, Keevan. Good morning. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Uh, let's uh, talk about your journey leading to showcasing your art. How did this come together for you?
5: Well, first off, uh Stitch. Good morning. Okay. Greetings. My name is Kevin Ryder from the First Nation Bearspaw First Nation. I was born on the Kainai Blood First Nations to parents Clifford Ryder and Close and Katie Oldshoes, longtime squirrel. Both of which attended residential day schools. Today, we mourn all the residential children that never made it home, and never, and we honor our survivors. And so, with that, welcome to First Nations land.
0: Appreciate that. Thank you, Keevan.
1: Appreciate that. And Keevan, while we have you talking more so specifically to today, we had a, a, an incredible text, and maybe you can shed some light on it for us. The texter said, when we look at different you know, events and different important dates to us on the calendar, for example, at Christmas, we'd say, Merry Christmas. Um, you know, at in New Year's we'd say Happy New Year's. Is there something that we can say to an Indigenous person, coming from a non-Indigenous perspective, on a day like today?
5: Uh, you know, like uh, how in what way were you thinking? Like uh what
0: would be welcome? a way to what would be a way to pay our respects and just say we're here, we want to talk to you, we want to listen, we want to understand better, we want to be a better ally. How might we approach you or or anyone oh, yeah, else Yeah
5: yeah yeah for sure education is probably the easiest best way because you know without it being educated about our situations that have happened for all these years and finally getting a day this is the first day that they're honoring us first nations and you know the educational part I went to schools and they never ever taught nothing about mm-hmm. The First Nation people, so you know, a, a step. I call it today is a baby step. You know, they're starting to finally, and ironically, it's our babies that were in the residential school.
0: So, Keevan, you know, when we talk about your art and your life, obviously there's so much to it. So is part of your inspiration as an artist then to draw on your parents, your relatives who were forced into these residential schools, does that translate to to what you produce in in the art world?
5: Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty well because, uh, you know, as a, a product of the residential you know, we're like my children, my grandchildren, and me. We're all affected because of the way residential did to our parents. They taught them not to speak their language, not to follow their religion, like their their spirituality, mm-hmm. and all of that that goes with it that with the mother earth, the sacredness, and so with painting. It really helps um not just me, it helps people that see my stuff they um they feel they feel something from the power of my paint, I guess.
1: Incredible, and it's powerful, and, uh, you know, I understand that, you know, it's been postponed a bit when it comes to the exhibit at South Centre. We'll have to get the updated dates on this, but who should come and check out your art? Who should come and look at this exhibit? Is it to a particular age range, or is it any anybody in a family?
5: You know, it's open to everybody, and and the way today's society, you know, the younger, the better, because then they get to understand before they get clouded by, the, um, you know, the way that people portray us. And, you know, the, some of the people that are so biased and the children are pure, but when they get to see it, they're one of the ones that come to my exhibits and my shows, and they're the children that come. They really appreciate the art.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, we all should go and check it out and appreciate it and learn more and, and talk to the artists involved for sure. Thank you so much for your time this morning, Keevan. Really appreciate it.
5: Did you want me to talk more about my uh, why my involvement was with Coloring Forward?
0: Uh, well, we are, I, We would, you know what we're going to do, Kevin? because we're out yeah. of time, we, we know that the art exhibit that's happening at South Centre has been postponed slightly, so how about, can we have you back on when we know oh. the dates of the exhibit and we'll talk more about, you know, why you're involved in the importance of it? For sure. Okay, we would do that. Thank you so much, really appreciate it. That is Kevin Ryder, who has, uh, you can go on Facebook, actually, Ryder Native Art Gallery. Find out more. And uh, he is also going to be featured in the Indigenous art exhibit that will be, perf- be uh, seen at South Centre Mall.